Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35. This week I sit down with Mo Fathelbab, who runs the theater uh, at uh, the Nerdist Theater at Meltdown Comics, also known as Nerd Melt here in Los Angeles. He uh, sat down with me to talk a little bit about his favorite comedy album of all time, which was Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker. Um, there are a few less clips in here than you would normally find, just because we get to talking about all of his comedy influences and basically why comedy is so important to him. And uh, we also talk about Nerd Turns, which is the web series um, that he is uh, co-writing and co-directing and co-starring in with all of the other interns here at the Nerdist Theater. Um, it's going to be on the Nerdist channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nerdist, starting uh, probably in early September of this year. Um, but we wanted to get a jump on the publicity. So, um, yeah, he sits down, talks to me in the back of the Nerdist Theater. It was a lot of fun. It was very generous of him. So please just uh, be sure to uh, watch out for that when it comes out. We'll be sure to announce it on the Comedy on Vinyl uh, page on Facebook and everywhere else. And uh, follow everybody on Twitter. You can follow Mo at MoFavelbab. And be sure to follow the Nerd Turns show, which is at Nerd Turns Show. Make sure you like the Nerd Turns Show on Facebook as well. We'll have links and all that good stuff on the website. But again, thank you for to Mo for sitting down with us. And uh, yeah, please enjoy the show. You want me to continue talking? Yeah. All right. Here's Twitter. Dan Lindelof says, I wish I could time travel to high school and tell all the girls with Rob Lowe taped inside their locker room that one day he would retreat him. Oh. Rob Lowe retweeted Damon Lindelof. All right. Is that okay? That's good. No, okay. that sounds good. Um, sweet. Um, we're already running, so when you're ready to go, we can officially start it. I'm ready. All right. I'm waiting for you, yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> sweet. Good, good, good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. This week, we have Mo Fadlebab. And uh, what, what exactly, you obviously work for the Nerdist. You do a lot of crap for the Nerdist. So. Yeah, I am the on-site director of the Nerdist Theater at Meltdown Comics. Yeah. Uh, that's my primary job with Nerdist, uh, in addition to working on their turns. Right. Yeah. Sweet. So when did, uh, first of all, when did you start working for Nerdist? We'll get into your favorite comedy album in a minute. No problem. But when did you start first start working for Nerdist, and when did, and, and tell us about Nerd Turns so that... Okay, I first started working with Nerdist about March of 2011. I just moved out to L.A., it was four months in, uh, while Emily Gordon, who was our program director mm -hmm. up until a few months ago here... Um, I guess she got the okay from Chris to start a theater, mm -hmm. and um, she brought uh, Zach McKeever, who is our amazing tech director here okay. at, uh, at Nerd Melt, uh, and um, she basically assembled a team of interns, but it was like she still needed somebody to actually run the space and help her uh, with the various tasks, and uh, that's where I came in. I knew her from New York. Um, I was... Uh, it was like four months living on, on savings. I was like, I'm going to yeah. live the L.A. lifestyle. I just moved out here from mm -hmm. New York and everything. And um, at some point, I was like, I should do something. Yeah. And when this opportunity came along, uh, I was m more than pleased. It wasn't even an interview uh, yeah. with, uh, with M. It was more like we met, and she's like, well, this is what I need to happen. What do you want to happen? And I was like, well, A, B, and C, and <laughs> right. done. That's, Sweet. So that was March of 2011, and then we officially opened... Um, April 2nd uh, of that year. So Sweet. And so when did you guys start? When did, how did the Nerdist thing, the Nerd Turns thing start for you? 
Uh, Nurtured started actually that summer. Um, that summer because we started, we had an, an, uh, an initial set of interns, and you know, obviously with everything, um, you know, there's always going to be changeover, especially sure. with people in their twenties who are like, oh, I got to go work and stuff like that. So yeah. at some point, there was an influx of a new batch. What uh, what they like to refer to themselves as the second generation, uh-huh. and um, one of them was Kyle Clark, and uh, he and I started just chatting, and um, we just really liked. Uh, a lot of just like, like like he was just a, f- a very funny dude. He's young. He only just turned twenty five, yeah. which is, uh, you know, he's a behemoth of a man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he should be. He should like if people wanted the definition of a Viking, yeah. you know, a, a real life Viking right now in twenty twelve, it's Kyle Clark. <laughs> and um, and we started chatting and started just uh, coming up with little scenarios of things happening in the theater. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how uh, Nurtins came to be. We was just like, well, what if this crazy shit happens? Yeah. What if this thing happens? You know, stuff that didn't even make it to the series. It's like, what if there's like um, a hole in the wall where it leads to another dimension? You know? <laughs> yes. What if, you know, there's a dead body somewhere and we find it? Um, <laughs> how awesome would that be? So it's like stuff going back and forth between him and us. Yeah. So that's kind of how that, that series came to be. Because of that, and then one night before we went to see Todd Glass uh, perform at the El Rey, mm-hmm. um, we started just like actually like breaking down an actual pilot, which again never made it to <laughs> into what we were doing, but it was all about like um, you know it was all about like how we are all interested in this one uh, one particular girl, but not in a in a sexual or romantic manner. Is that mm-hmm. we started we start treating her like she's our mother. Uh-huh. And so, and we're like, wouldn't that be funny? And we're like, yeah, that'd be great. And that's kind of how we... That's awesome. Yeah. And that was kind of like an episode, an example of an episode where we're like, we just wanted to do something uh, silly. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended on a, uh, it ended on a Virgin Mary-like pose. That's awesome. That's kind of how we envisioned that. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's not what people are going to see in this sure. series at all. It's not even close. <laughs> Did you guys have to pitch it to Chris? Hardwick, in case anybody doesn't know who the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, Chris Hardwick. Well, here's the thing, actually. There was a meeting with all the interns uh-huh. uh, that Chris ha- uh, initiated in January, kind of announcing... See, here's the thing at the Nerdist Theater. We, we, um, we're we not like UCB or I.O. in which we offer regular classes. Every once in a while we offer classes. Like Colton Dunn uh, had uh, a bunch of classes last year. Okay. Uh, some advanced improv classes. So we look for incentives for the interns mm-hmm. in various ways. Like, some some of them are are really good at editing, you know, sure. and some of them are, phen- are phenomenal artists. And, you know, and, and some people, you know, like, uh, going to Kyle, for example, Kyle wants to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. He started slowly, you know, doing some tech stuff for, for um, the open mic, and mm-hmm. then eventually became one of the showrunners there. Okay. So, which is great. So then not, not only does he, he has an incentive in terms of, you know, he's doing something for free, but then he gets to do something that he likes, and he gets sure. to practice his craft. Um, you know, Jenny Fine, for example, um, does a, m- some of our posters, because she's yeah. a phenomenal artist. Um, but since she doesn't get paid to work the physical theater, people have, you know, um, you know chipped in or whatever, to, you know, whatever, donated money to her in order to get her work on their posters. Nice, okay. So, um, so it's, stu- it's stuff like that, and Nerd Turns came as an actual product because Chris went to the interns and was like, hey man, I'm going to start a channel in a few months and I want ideas. Awesome. And, 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 you know, again, he reiterated how, you know, you know, we look for various ways to, to thank them mm-hmm. uh, for their hard work. And, um, that's the show 
this show uh, popped up on his radar during that meeting, and then um, a few weeks later, uh, it became an official pitch when um, when Kyle first went to see uh, Seth Laterman, who mm-hmm. is the head of programming over at uh, the Nerdist Channel, uh-huh. um, and then then Jenny went in, and then I went in. So it was like this three prong attack of just us nice. going in, meeting with the dude, and I was kind of like the last person to see him. So it was like whatever Kyle. Uh, had but you know like uh, whatever he didn't have during that meeting mm-hmm. Jenny did and whatever Jenny didn't have so we did like a three stage attack that's and awesome. that's um, but Chris was always behind the show sure he just sure. wanted to know what was going on right yeah. right of course yeah that's awesome um, let's talk about obviously everybody involved in the show or involved in the Nerdist there's some kind of comedy background or some kind yeah. of comedy interest with everybody for you let's go back to your roots and then we'll talk about your favorite comedy album okay um, I mean, I started in terms of I've, in terms of where I started professionally. I started just, uh, just in general, general. Like loving comedy. Yeah, I just I just like stupid shit. And yeah. I was that kid yeah. who just like re- like really crazy stuff. Like I, I mean, both my parents immigrated from Egypt, mm-hmm. um, where it's either you know like the sense of humor there is very sarcastic. Okay. Um, especially especially for the Middle East because. Uh-huh. Uh, they're not exactly. Not everybody's open to say certain things. So, why, so the Egypt manifested itself in sarcasm a lot. There's a lot of slapstick and a lot of that stuff, like sort of B level, C level comedy stuff. But that's something that wasn't interest that never interests my parents. Okay. Um, so um, yeah, they were also very politically minded. Okay. So there's a lot of sarcasm, a lot of satire that came out of that. Um, but my earliest sort of childhood memories. Uh, was uh, my parents watching Monty Python. Nice. Um, uh, whether it's PBS. I'm assuming it's PBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we had BBC, right? Or access to BBC okay. uh, in New York. Uh, at the time, um, this is the 80s, so sure. I don't think it even existed in America. Um, so I just remember uh, Monty Python was definitely uh, a huge thing in our house. I, it was like, enough. it was almost like a catered affair when... Um, the Holy Grail was on TV. Yeah, and that was this thing that we had to we had to. And I thank them for it. It's mm-hmm. ne, it's ne, it was never sure. It was one of. The, I mean, it's still one of my favorite movies. That and Life of Brian, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will I will say as a kid, I really what really blew my mind was Mel Brooks. Yeah. Because yeah. that was something that was like 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 Blazing Saddles. I've only here's the thing. I didn't see the rated R version of Blazing Saddles until well into my twenties. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. So I only saw the the, the TV version. Uh-huh. And it would be the version that they would air like if there was if there was a, a rain out. You yeah. know, like the Yankees game was rained out, yeah. so Channel Eleven is going to put up uh, Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so it's the one that families can watch. Sure. It's the version that families sure. can watch. Sure. But there's a dude that punches a horse. Yep. And that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, so the stuff like that, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like a huge fan of History of the World Part 1, so that's kind of, so it's a little bit of whatever, whatever crazy shit was going on in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, when that started airing on TV in the 80s, that's kind of what I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. So that's my, that's sort of my thing, and I, and I still, I'll show Blazing Tiles to anybody. Oh, yeah. To girls that I date, it's like, you have oh, to, you, yeah, have absolutely. to you have to see no, this No, 100%, movie. I, have, yeah. I have a five foot poster of it in my apartment. Nice. Like, I have, no, I have three posters, it kind of drives my girlfriend crazy, but. The thing, it's like, I didn't even catch the racial stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. Even though they per- point out that, you know, Cleveland Little, of course, is the black sheriff, it's like, okay, that's cool, whatever. Yeah, right. Punch a horse, or, or do that <laughs> stupid thing again, you know, it's like, 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 I didn't catch the satire of it, the actual political significance of it until growing up and, yeah. and having my parents sort of point out like this is why this is why this is ironic like oh wow and like you know obviously 
you know, not to say that racism was dead in the 80s, right. but it's different, right. you know, sure. it's, yeah, it's different. When that movie first came out, I'm assuming that it was insane. Yeah. And, you know, it, was, it was a lot of groundbreaking stuff in that film, and I love it to death. Black people yelling racism. White people yelling reverse racism. Chinese people yelling sideways racism. Everybody's pissed off. Everybody need to cut it out, because nobody got worse than Indians. Indians got it real fucked up. Indians got it so bad. When's the last time you met two Indians? You ain't never met two Indians. You met one, one month, three years later, you might have met another one. I have seen more polar bears than Indians in my lifetime. Oh, racism big, man. Everybody's pissed off. Pissed the fuck off. Pissed the fuck off. Who's the most pissed off? White people. White people mad. I watched the news. They got militias and even the, the Columbine kids was looking for brothers. And it's nuts, man. White people mad. I'm always on the news complaining. We're losing everything. We're losing everything. We're losing the country. Affirmative action quotas. We're losing everything. Y'all ain't losing shit. The white man ain't losing shit. If y'all lose it, who's winning? It ain't us. I drove around this motherfucker. It ain't us. Don't let Shaq fool you. Everybody don't get a cut of that check. Shit, there ain't a white man in this room that would change places with me. And I'm rich. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually very similar to a lot of the stuff I grew up listening to. But then we talked earlier, like, you think... It, it is hard to, to nail down yeah. any favorite album, but yeah, Bigger and Blacker seems to have really... Bigger and Blacker is the one that I really was like, it's a masterpiece. And that's, and, but it also, I feel like, uh, I, like, it's also the zenith of Chris Rock, uh, like the height of his power. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's right after Bring the Pain. And, um, and I, I for, for, verbatim... Okay, no bits from not only the special but from the album like yeah. just the other day I was just singing No Sex in the Champagne Room <laughs> much to the delight and the chagrin of everybody on set um, but it is a I mean it's a that, that whole that whole thing is just a good solid like it can rival it rivals George Carlin and it yeah. rivals Richard Pryor and it, it it rivals just like the top you know, stand-up comedians mm-hmm. of all time, and it's and, and bigger and blacker. I mean, for as much as like it gets into um, sort of that the usual stand-up trope of like men and women, mm-hmm. like there's nobody like Chris Rock who can just make you know the, the simple idea of of his father eating, eating the big piece of chicken yeah. into a hilarious you know <laughs> and yeah. it's a hilarious diatribe about why you can't have the big piece of chicken. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's amazing. Um, yeah. Did, uh, is there anything? I mean, why do you think? Why do you think it's so solid? I mean, is do you, I mean, other than him having worked it probably for a very long time? Oh yeah. I mean, what is it that makes it so solid for you? I, you know what? I think it's just that um, his latter spe- and I really like his latter specials, and I really like his mm-hmm. latter albums. But I think um, those albums, you know, like like Kill the Messenger and such, mm-hmm. they're still. You can tell that he's still working on some ideas by the time he started getting there. Yeah. Um, but it's also because they're more politically minded. Sure. So he's still working on, you know, like, um, you know, the you know the idea of the first uh, African American president and the idea of, of of the possibility of a female president and and etc. While um, bigger and blacker, I think the closest that he gets to politics 
Uh, it's Monica Lewinsky, which is probably a li- it's a little dated, but yeah. it's still funny. Sure. Um, um, and it's funny. It's not politically correct when he starts blaming Hillary mm-hmm. for the fact right. that you know the world was about to explode. That she should have just blown her husband. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tad sort of. Uh, it's the best way to put it. It's like a layman's way of seeing how the situation should have played right, out. Right, right. Um, but it's still funny. It's funny as hell, and and the um, so that's a little dated, but it's solid. While um, his insurance uh, bit, mm-hmm. the, just in yeah. just in case shit happens, yep, yep. that is way ahead of its time because yeah. it's just him wrecking down what the insurance companies do mm-hmm. and now just with um, Obamacare being uh, sure. upheld by the Supreme Court yeah. uh, I think it's it's very relevant even yeah. though the album was what um, 99, 2000? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean I think I think a lot of the ideas were, were, were I mean obviously a lot of his ideas were solid enough that it spawned a TV show. Sure. sure so yeah. I think it just it's solid I think it's something that he really worked on um, and I know I mean, like not that he didn't work on the other ones, just that for whatever reason, it's, I think everything clicked. It's like, it's like watching, um, it's like, you know, Tarantino will never make a bad movie. He'll right. never make a shitty movie. Right. There's no way Dar- Quentin Tarantino himself will make a shitty movie. Just some movies click, mm-hmm. some movies like, whatever. I know some, right. but it also depends on people's taste. Of course. You know, for some people, they go, well, Glory's Best is Tattoo Long, whatever. Yeah, 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 for yeah. some people, um, it's the his best movie. You know, yeah. Pulp Fiction... I think is will still always be his best film, but not necessarily that the other movies stink. Right. Because I really like Jackie Brown and I like sure. um, um, uh, the Kill Bill series. Mm-hmm. But I th- that's uh, for me. I think that is his Pulp Fiction. Uh, Bigger and Blacker is Chris Rock's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Well, everything else is still good. Just for whatever reason, this one just happened to click. Sure. You know, and I think it clicks harder than. Um, or clicks more, resonates more than uh, Bring the Pain. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, I mean, even though it's a good solid one, the only thing, the only thing I think people still quote from that one is um, the difference between N-words and, and black people. That is true. You yeah. Know? Yeah, While yeah, Bigger yeah. and Blacker, I think there's various things that you can take away from that yeah. show. Uh, you take away from that album, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, plus also... Um, no Sex in the Champagne Room is catchy as shit. Yes, it is. It's, it's, a, ca- it's a catchy song. Yeah. You know, just to have Jared Lovard singing There's No Sex in the Champagne Room <laughs> is funny. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's satirical, but dumb. Sure. And, it's, and, it, and it fits within my wheelhouse. It fits within that Monty Python, Mel Brooks wheelhouse where, like, why not? Yeah. Let, shit happens. <laughs> Some dude is throwing a horse over a catapult. Why not? Why not sing about the rules of a strip club? Yeah, why not? With uh, a legit Grammy award-winning R&B singer mm. who also sings gospel, but in the meantime is singing about nobody fucking in the champagne room, which is great. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Um, how did it, I mean, and it may not have, but uh, how did it specifically affect you as a person who makes comedy, who... I mean, I it just I I, I here's the thing. I like work, the workman, workmanship. I also like mm-hmm. how Chris Rock himself goes about doing his thing. Uh, like, and it's the same thing. It's the same reference I have for Louis C.K. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily because their humor. I I get their humor. I love sure. their humor. And I, and I don't want to say that it's like an, an East Coast thing or, or whatever. Because I, I I mean I, maybe I connect with those guys especially because there's a they they come from the New York world. Yeah. Of, of comedy, but I just the worksmanship. It's 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 how you know like you know it's, I want to say it's probably Chris uh, Chris Rock was on WTF was when he explained how he goes into stand up uh, clubs with uh, you know when he's trying to work material out and he goes in and he doesn't do his quote unquote Chris Rock voice he just reads jokes off 
the paper really? that he off his notebook, and then he wants to see if the joke itself works. That's interesting. And he'll do that for for a year, and if a joke's not working, it's not working. It's crazy. You know, and then he'll you know if a joke if a joke is working, then he'll add his Chris Rock sort of you know okay. ticks to it. Um, but it, it just shows you that this guy's a workhorse. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he he really wants to make sure that his stuff is funny. You know, and at the same time, there's a lot of other comedians that claim they just go up there and wing it. Sure. And then that's how they come up with material. So it's different things, but for whatever reason, just for, in terms of just crafting mm-hmm. a set or just, or just you know, like being meticulous about what they're doing, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it hits with me because I just, you know, like I'd, I'd like things planned out yeah. when it comes to, like, when it comes to the show, I'm, I'm the guy who comes in with the structure of each mm-hmm. episode. So it's like, so they know that they can come to me and be like, all right, we like all this stuff. Like we, you know, we like what Jenny's doing and we like what Kyle's doing and we like what Aaron's doing. But how, how does this work, um, you know, from, from page one to page 10 mm-hmm. and I'm the, uh, and I, and I can do that, but just, it's just not that, oh, wow, look, I'm amazing at this stuff. Just no, just because that's my personality. I know how to sort sure. of like organize that stuff and that's kind of what I, mean, I I would say if I take anything from it it's probably you know it's that that I work from you know from the Chris Rocks the Louis C.K.'s those guys so mm-hmm. try to be very meticulous about what is going on yeah. um, in, in you know in whatever bit that we're doing that's a really specific skill that I don't think a lot of people work on as comedians or comedy writers or actors in general I feel a lot of people sort of concentrate on their one they get a little they get the blinders on or, or they get kind of just tunnel vision for what they need just specifically what suits them which is fine I which guess is that fine, works yeah. and they need somebody who does what you do I guess to pull it all together but I mean you're also acting in it too so yeah all the four of us are acting in it um, that, and that's also not including Ben Dunn who um, who's in it it's a, it's a cast of it's a cast of dozens um, <laughs> predominantly focusing on five people but um, but yeah it's it's a thing we sort of try to be very compartmental about um, you know what we do. I mean, it's hard when you're directing mm-hmm. and and you're in it. So there are a couple episodes where I'm barely in, yeah. and that's and that's you can tell that I directed those episodes. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, I just don't have the time, or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a process. That's what it is. It's a process. I mean, the four of us um, have directed. Um, Jenny's directing the finale, um, nice. but. Um, that's actually yeah. She she helped out a little bit on episode seven, which we shot a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the four of us will be basically the four of us would have directed at least one episode. Sweet uh, of ten. That's crazy. Uh, by the time it comes out, yeah, that's awesome. Is, are they going to be weekly or are they, are they going to be? Suppose right now, right now the plan is that they're weekly. When uh, when they debut, and they'll just go straight forward for ten weeks. And that's going to be late August, early September. Yeah, we don't have an exact date yet, but okay. there's a two week frame that we were told between uh, between late August and early September, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really good. So it's basically we're gonna we're gonna aim at you know kids at school. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're gonna be stuck in front of their computers, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whenever whenever this whenever I get to put this podcast up, I'll still yeah. make sure and kind of remind people later on. Oh yeah, it's closer. Um, I'll give you a heads up about the date once we get it. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, but we officially premiere at the Nerdist Theater mm-hmm. on August thirty first. Okay, nice. Um, and that's a, a you know it's not, I guess Hollywood terms when you go you premiered, but it's usually like two days before or whatever. Mm-hmm. So on the thirty first is our official theater premiere mm-hmm. where you know family, friends, cast, crew, everybody's going to catch a couple episodes. And that's how we spread the word. So sure, it's gonna be exciting. So it's gonna be fun. 
That's why right, they got all these diseases. AIDS, sickle cell, tuberculosis, cancer. Jerry's kids still limping around. I've been watching the Jerry Lewis telethon for damn near 20 years. No progress whatsoever. Nothing. Come on, Jerry, lie to me. Come on. Come on, come on. Show a picture of a kid. Doctor it, okay? Put a stick in the kid's back. Prop him up with some shit. Tie some string to the crippled kid. Make a puppet out of him. Just walk him out there. Do something. Where the fuck's the money going? Where's the money going? What, to keep Jerry's hair black? Think about it. Frank Sinatra's dead. Sammy Davis Jr. dead. Dean Martin dead. Jerry Lewis got a full head of black hair. Was yeah. there any, were there any albums, not that I really care about the format, but were there any vinyl albums that you grew up listening to, or did your parents have any? Like, some people have noticed just, that's just not a thing they grew up with. Uh, any vinyl albums? Yeah. No, there was like some, comedy. I mean, there was some uh, vinyl albums. If there was some anything comedy, um, obviously they were from Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, but then slowly, you know, other albums made their way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I mean, my, my parents were open-minded, but they're also like... They like exam like like the Blazing Saddles on regular TV mm-hmm. was something that we can watch. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like um, you know like um, but no, I got I got into what was I? There was a I, and I might be mistaken about this, but there was a stand up show on what was Fox in New York, uh-huh. um, and it could have been national, could have been a syndicated show, mm-hmm. but it used to be opposite SNL, and sometimes I would watch, uh, sometimes I would watch that if it was a rerun, mm-hmm. but um, it was, uh, I guess, Comic Strip Live, I want to say, yes. Gary Kroger was a... That sounds right, yeah, because I grew up in upstate New York, and I'm pretty sure I watched the same thing. Right? Yeah. Okay. That does sound familiar. And it's, you know, there's some comedians from there on, like I started latching on to, mm-hmm. um, but also, again, going back to SNL, that was another big one. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of albums per se, I, get, I mean, there are cassettes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had cassettes. I had, you know, Steve Martin. Um, I Eddie Murphy, of course. I was yeah. oh, as a kid, of course. Eddie Murphy could do no wrong at sure. the time. Sure. Um, I, I mean, it, it was stuff like that. And slowly got into Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. um, just because I guess Eddie Murphy. I want to. I, I want to be correct on this in my own assessment. I think. Because Eddie Murphy was really into Richard Pryor, uh-huh. is how I got into it. Yeah, our age, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we went backwards. Yeah, um, it's fine. But yeah, um, but I want to say at some point, at some point in um, what was it? We had a lot of VH, VHSs of Jerry Lewis, which wasn't that bad. I really uh-huh. like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of his latter stuff, which turned just into. It's, just, it's like Adam Sandler. It's the same yeah, thing, which yeah. is like some of his earlier stuff, just him just acting like an asshole is funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I just want to see him do that. I don't want to see him like trying to like help some kid or whatever. <laughs> you know, like it's the same thing with Adam Sandler. Just, I just want to watch him just do, just be stupid, just yeah. be a fucking asshole. Um, do your thing, and then I don't care about, you know, this guy has to get back with his family if, right. if the remote stops, whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's not my thing. I mean, obviously they make sure. a boatload of money, so sure. I'm not going to. I mean, obviously people are into it, but like. But Jerry Lewis was, was big in our house um, mm-hmm. as kids. Honestly, I would say a lot of cartoons. Yeah. I want to say if there's anything about um, things around the house, I think there's a lot of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Looney Tunes, a lot of that stuff. Um, There's just going for us as kids. I mean, we had um, obviously records of um, 
you know, just Mickey and Donald and, yeah. and, and uh, on the Disney side and, and, and the Looney Tunes, of course, Daffy Duck and, yeah. and, and stuff. So we had a, we had a lot of that. Um, but at the same time, I also liked soundtracks. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, so they had little snippets from the movie, but that was because you know they're on cassette and you're yeah seven eight years old and it's the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. Did you make any friends over comedy? Like, did you ever sit and listen to comedy with anybody or watch comedy? In high school. Yeah. In high school, I went to Catholic school. Even though I'm not Catholic, I was raised Muslim. Uh huh. Um, I went to a local Catholic school That's in Brooklyn, and uh, you try to be you have to be funny. Yeah. Uh, it was in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Everybody hated each other. Holy shit. So. Um, it's it's. My parents are from Egypt. They fought three wars with Israel. Uh-huh. Not one word of anti-Semitism in the house. Um, wow. Go to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Jews kill Jesus. Yeah. You're like, holy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit, yeah. really? You're like, yeah. The nuns were like, yeah, and they're out there in the neighborhood. You're like, really? Oh my god! So like, the one person that you would assume would be the anti-Semite, just for whatever political reasons, uh, was completely just blown away by the idea that like these old ladies were talking about how evil Jews were, and you're like, really? Okay, great. I didn't know that. All right, I should probably tell everybody. <laughs> but um, no, like my like so. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so no friends in uh, you know in uh, in grade school, but in uh, high school, yeah, high school. Yeah. Like high school, I had friends that were really into it. going back to Adam Sandler, really into Adam Sandler. Okay. So we listened to comedy albums there. We used to listen. I was in the drama club. Mm-hmm. Um, only reason is because there were a lot of gay dudes there mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of cute girls, and obviously they weren't hooking up. So right. more for me. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, or at least I thought, you know, hey, more ladies for me. But um, no, we listened to a lot of Adam Sandler at the time, um, a lot of stand-up albums we would listen to. Um, um, and honestly, because it was Drama Club, um, there was a lot of just plays that we listened to. But the ones that I was like were, were sort of the more sketch reviews, kind of like the, the Mel Brooksy stage stuff, Catskill stuff. Um but someone was into, oh my goodness, uh, Mark Russell? Really? Really? Which is fine, which is fine. Yeah, which is not, nothing against it. Which is fine. So there was, uh, there was, there was some of that. Uh, I won't mention names because I don't know. <laughs> they might be married with kids and I don't want their kids to. But, uh, yeah, Mark Russell. No, Mark Russell's fine. That's fine. But, um, no, we did, uh, what, what was the, I want to 2,000 year old man was something that we played yeah. a lot. Yeah. As well, oh, just because it's brilliant. funny as hell. Because mm-hmm. it's funny as hell, and you know, like, um, and I would even say maybe at that time it was kind of passe, just because it's not edgy compared to right. what um, the guys were doing in the nineties. But yeah. um, that was still funny as hell. Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart was yes. one that was um, when we started listening to it, like my friends and I in high school. Bob Newhart was like, holy shit, like, I just knew him as the little dude from TV. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Which is sad on our end, because we're sure. complete idiots about it. <laughs> but to, to know just, like, just how brilliant, um, you know, just um, the King Kong bit is, it's mm. fucking amazing. Oh, my God, yes. And it just, you can't hear the other side of the conversation, but that was all, I mean, we, we fucking loved it. It was, it was great. That's actually yeah. pretty impressive. I don't think I even listened to Bob Newhart, because, again, I was the same yeah. way. I just knew the, yeah. the sitcom stuff. It took a while to, um, to learn. Do you miss having... Albums at all? I mean, I know com- comedy albums are just obvi- yeah. like all albums are shrinking. Yeah. It's not a thing you can get anymore. I know. Most of us still buy stuff digitally, so again, we don't have anything physical in our hands. Is there something about that? Is there any value missed by not having comedy that you can carry around with you physically? Physically, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, comedy's comedy, so I mm-hmm. think 
no matter what happens, like I, I get that you can't do bits now mm-hmm. regarding vinyl, so you mm-hmm. can't really be like, you know, you can't do a sketch that that sort of, you know, you can't be a meta, you can't be meta about the fact that that you're digital, right? Uh, right. Back to albums, you know more jokes about you know turning this over, right? That's whatever. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't know if there's anything you miss. I mean. I think for the most part, when people want just certain bits, mm-hmm. they have certain bits. Like the, the, all they want is, let's say, um, whatever sketch, um, whatever sketch is going. Uh, you know, they just want to listen to that. That's fine. Um, but I think, like, if you want to listen to the entirety, like, if you really want Chris, the Chris Rock special, mm-hmm. you'll listen to the whole Chris Rock special. Sure. You know, you're not going to be go. Well, I'm going to skip over to his. Um, you know, Sarah Palin being John McCain's nurse bit. Right. You know, right, like yeah. I'm not gonna do. It. You know, you just want to listen to the whole thing because it's mm-hmm. funny as shit. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna sit there. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you miss anything other other than that. Because comedy is comedy. I think it's a little different than. Um, it's a little different than music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like music. I think on vinyl, there's something almost raw. There's something almost. It's like. I don't know. It's like it's like eating at a at a really good restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, comedy is just comedy, and I think comedy can survive any format. That's you know, I, so I think I, I think it's a little different. It's a, it's a little different because really it's it's about the material, while the music is about you know various different things. Sure, yeah. sure. Are um, the the only that's a really good point. Because but the only exception I can think of is we we've done one, we did one live uh, episode recently about a Monty Python album yeah. that literally had three sides. Yeah. Have you? Have you yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and I but you're just getting me thinking. I, it, there's got to be some sort of equivalent one could do digitally now, but I don't know what the hell that would be. So I mean, I, I feel like there's still got to be a way to play with the format because that's always been a thing of comedy. Yeah, I th- you can play with any format. I mean, that's a, I think that's I mean uh, maybe I wasn't very articulate in, in the answer, the very long-winded answer. But I think I mean comedy can survive any any form. So you can do bits about about downloading. You can do sure. bits about you know iTunes or whatever. I mean, you'll a, a comedian will figure something out. Well, mm-hmm. a musician, on the other hand, it's really just about how well the instrument is playing sure. and, and, and the acoustics and, and the sound quality mm-hmm. and all that. Which is why it's, which is why I think a lot of people miss vinyl. Mm-hmm. Was for comedy, you can survive any format. I mean, sure. I've seen comedians go on stage in front of five people, mm-hmm. you know, and kill. And I've seen comedians go in front, on stage in front of thousands, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing Madison Square Garden and. Just you know, destroy, and it was the same amount of it's a, it, it was equally as good. Yeah. yeah, there was no like watching Chris Rock at Madison Square Garden is just as good as watching Chris Hardwick, mm-hmm. you know, workshop his material in front of five people on Sunday night. Yeah, there's no difference. Yeah. you know, and well, for a musician, I think you, you need a I don't know, just in terms of the sound call. I don't know what it is. There, there's yeah. there's a thing where things have to be perfect. Was for me, it's really about the material. Yeah. You know why the world's crazy? Because I'm scared. I'm more scared of white kids than black kids. I got you on the elevator this morning. Two high school white boys tried to get on. I dived off. You ain't going to kill me. Motherfucker, <laughs> oh, this is crazy. I ain't fucking with no white boys. School, fuck that. Chris, come talk to the kids. Fuck the kids. You ain't gonna kill me. Damn trench coat mafia. What the fuck was on name mine? The trench coat mafia. 
They upset because people picked on them. They didn't have any friends. They, we were the outcasts. It was six of the motherfuckers. I didn't have six friends in high school. I don't got six friends now. Do you think even... I, I guess there is, there is something to that because a, a, a poorly rehearsed song, you know, a, a fresh song, a song that even, even a, maybe a poorly put together improvised piece of jazz might not even work as well as a yeah. joke that just that you just came up with five minutes ago yeah. and just jumped on the stage. A, j- a joke's a joke. I mean, yeah. a joke, as long as it's good and solid, people want it, people get it. Yeah. You know, as, you know that's, so I, it'll survive any format. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's, it is the, you know, it is both the amoeba and whatever bacteria, whatever you want to think, can survive the apocalypse. Comedy will always be there. Yeah. I mean, music will catch up, but sure. comedy will always, it'll be, comedy's fine. Um, you know, whether having the vinyl, you know, having something like an Albert Brooks album or Woody Allen album, of course it's valuable, yeah. but their material is too, is too good to not survive that transition, which is why sure. they still last. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of artists, though, who, who you're not seeing sort of bridge into the digital era. Is there yeah. anything that you've seen that you haven't been able to find digitally? That you can remember that you have maybe have tried to find? I don't, um, I, f- I don't know. I feel like um, I was able to get my hands on on, on things. You know, like mm-hmm. I can YouTube. You know, sure. like like YouTube the Richard Pryor TV show. Yeah, you know, that's true. Which, yeah, you know, you can do that stuff. So yeah, you can always find it on the internet. I f- it's I think that's why I think it's it's okay. I think we'll. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think comedy, comedy's fine. Comedy's okay. Comedy, comedy is also the one place where, you can, and here's the thing, and it's probably it's sort of similar to music because in music, there's a lot of trends in music. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people going, well, you know, you know, it's like Oasis coming out, going, the Beatles were shit, and you're like, well, fuck you, you yeah. know, fuck you. you uh, you know, like, like who cares then? You know, like, don't say they're shit yeah. just because they're old. Right. You know, just because they're your grandparents' music. Comedy, on the other hand, is the, res- you know, like, comedy wouldn't be where it is without the guys who are, like, the comedians today wouldn't be there if it weren't for the comedians before them. And there is a lot of respect, and they acknowledge it. And that's, and that's something that, why it will still survive, why will, you know, like, you know, me getting into Richard Pryor is because I was into Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how that's how comedy will survive. So it's not necessarily, you know, going, you know, sticking with that whole, you know, things that I can't find. No, I can. I think I can find anything, especially because people do. You know, the, well, the good ones, the really good comedians, <laughs> really do acknowledge the guys before them. You know, sure. uh, and when they try to work out material that sounds like somebody before them, they still acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, it's you know, some people steal. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that, yeah. uh, and those guys get weeded out, or those guys get, you know, you know, have the tomato thrown at them, <laughs> you know, uh, metaphorically. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, guys like. The guys that everybody's, you know, that we're all fans of, you know, like yeah. Louis and, and Chris Rock and those dudes, they acknowledge the, the guys before them. Yeah. Like they wouldn't, like, you know, um, going back to Bring the Pain, um, I mean, that, that special starts out, the TV special starts out with with the various albums that Chris Rock grew up with, mm-hmm. the various finals that he grew up with, yeah. you know, and, you know, you see Woody Allen and you see Albert Brooks. And you know, and, it, and you can tell immediately in his in his material the sort of little observational things, uh, those sort of quirks that he obviously were, was huge. You know, a huge. Yeah. He was influenced by those guys, um, and I think he's acknowledged that he's more influenced by Woody Allen 
than by an African American comedian uh, because everybody just assumed that he was. Sure. You know, they're like, "Oh, you're, you're black, so obviously you like Richard Pryor." He goes, "Yeah, he likes Richard Pryor, but he's more influenced by the guy from Brooklyn." Yeah, you know, yeah. the guy who grew up not too far from where he grew up. Right. So he was influenced by that. So it's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like you know, it's these comedy will always acknowledge their their four their forefathers. You know, and the shit com- shit comedians or, or the shit comedies that you know the the disaster movies and all that whatever crap yeah, yeah. when they don't you know, like, they'll never they'll never acknowledge but the reason why like something as strong as like I just saw 21 Jump Street and I thought it was funny as hell yeah because they acknowledge that you know like they, they're they're very aware of the fact they're doing a buddy cop comedy mm-hmm. which is an homo- basically an homage to a lot of the 80s buddy cop comedies you know mm-hmm. the, uh, or the the cop comedies like Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that sure and, and they because they acknowledge it, they were having fun. The Muppet movie, the new one, yeah. acknowledged there's not you know not just the old Muppet movies, but that sort of comedy styling. Yeah. You know, they put Mickey Rooney in it. You know, oh yeah, of course, why not? Right, right. They acknowledge it, and it works because they embraced. You know, they're they're not stupid. I mean, sure, you know, it's not that they're not breaking ground on comedy, but they're not ripping people off and claiming it as original. Right. They're right. going. We love. These putting together show, you know, putting together a show type of, you know, entertainment. Mm-hmm. So the Muppet movie works yeah. because of that. You yeah. know, we're going to. This is an homage to that or whatever. And 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 comedy. You know, as, as long as it acknowledges, you know, the the founding fathers of, of hilarity. Sure. Or it's, it'll always be good. What do you think it is about the language of comedy that does make? These sort of art, seemingly artificial barriers breached, like like you're talking about Chris Rock. His, his biggest influence was from a Jewish guy. Yeah. You know, and again, not what everybody would assume, which it's stupid to assume, but what do you think it is about the language of comedy that bridges gaps like that? Funny's funny. I mean, funny's funny. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can be that analytical. <laughs> I think funny. Funny, funny's funny at the end, you know, whatever. Uh, comedy is subjective anyway, sure. so, it's, so it's not necessarily... Um, I mean, some, like... You know, some people will never transcend outside their their bubble. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think Tyler Perry will ever transcend outside of his bubble. Mm-hmm. That his style of humor plays to a particular, uh, like, to a particular niche, mm-hmm. and it works for that niche. He makes his money, and that's fine. But there are people that will transcend um, stuff like that just because funny is funny. Yeah. You know, like, funny no matter what is funny. At the same time, like, I've seen a couple of the Medea stuff, mm-hmm. and if he really... He, I mean, if he honestly, if he dropped a lot of his preachy stuff, mm-hmm. it can be funny. Like yeah. it's, I mean, it, it is, you know, um, like the ancient Greeks. You know, some guy puts on a dress, hilarity ensues. Yeah. Right, that, and it, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. So it should hit some sort of thing. I think a lot of his preachiness gets gets in the way of the humor, but that's yeah. what he wants to do anyway, which is why it only plays to a particular niche group. Sure, but you know, like you, you could show blazing titles to anybody, and they'll yeah. find it funny. Like. The only the only thing I can sort of like use as an example. Now, it's not it's not a comedy example. Okay. Um, I was I was in Egypt in two thousand two. Okay. I was there. Um, I was working as a script doctor in a couple of things. Okay. And I went to see Attack of the Clones. Terrible fucking film. Yes. Yep. Terrible film. But the the nerds there, the Star Wars nerds in Egypt, other than the fact that they were named Muhammad and Mustafa and Ahmed. You can't tell those people apart from the Star Wars nerds here in America. So when yeah. you when you see them at Comic Con, uh, they they look exactly they dress the same. Sure, they have the same sort of like 
pretend long, you know, like they want to lengthen their hair, they had the beards, mm-hmm. they, all their shirts looked like they had samurai characters on it. Mm-hmm. There was no, there's no difference whatsoever yeah. other than the fact is, you go, these are Americans and these are Egyptians. Sure. I'm watching Star, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, being as awful as it is, mm-hmm. at some point, Natalie Portman, who is born and raised in Israel. Yeah. Now, Egypt and Israel... Cold War sure. for the last whatever they fought three actual wars and then they had a Cold War for the last forty years. Mm-hmm. Here's this beautiful young, you know, beautiful, beautiful actor. Everybody, I mean, you see Natalie Portman. That's Natalie. Natalie Portman's a gorgeous girl, yeah. and she starts at some point t- again, terrible, stupid. Uh, in the middle of a battle scene, she starts ripping off pieces of her clothes to use to detend the yes, wounds right. of the others. Because yes, yes, of yes. course, hot girls got to do that, and she's doing it unironically. George Lucas just goes, well, this is, of course, this is what they do. Like, there's no joke to it whatsoever. It's that ironic. And she starts doing it, and the kids go nuts. Mm -hmm. Nerds. You know, 15-year-old boys who haven't yet experienced a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, went crazy. And it just transcended. You know, like, and everybody knows. I mean, everybody, because of the political situation, everybody knows who's who. Like, in Mm -hmm. Israel, they know who is an Arab. And in Egypt, everybody knows who is an Israeli. But the kids didn't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. They saw a cute girl do that thing, and and I think that's the best example of you have a sort of... It's the same thing as comedy. When something is funny, it will transcend. When something is sexy, it will transcend. Like, you mm-hmm. know, even though there are neat, you know, like, like, some things that are, people are subjective, not everybody's going to find Natalie Portman beautiful. Yeah. Just, you know, some guys go, oh, you know, whatever, she's too skinny. Right. You know? Right, right, She's right. too skinny. She has a, you know, she has a weird forehead, whatever. You know, like, somebody's going to nitpick just because that's how that person is. Sure. But overall, we can agree that a lot of people think that Natalie Portman is beautiful, and I think the same thing is with yeah. comedy. I think it will transcend, like, like humor's humor. Um, you know, like something something stupid happens, like you know, when you when you're five years old and you see you know Webster's dad punch the shit out of a horse in Blazing Saddles, <laughs> it's funny. At the same, you know, and an adult is going to find that hilarious too. Yeah. You know, the first time they paid to see Blazing Saddles, and then yeah. ten years later, when you're you know when I'm five watching that, that's funny too. You know, so I, it's funny. Funny is funny, and it's like, I mean, why shouldn't Chris Rock find uh, Woody Allen hilarious? Yeah, because. You know, Love and Death is probably one of the funniest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I would watch that on repeat uh, mm-hmm. over and over again. Man, it's all good for Clint. No matter what happened, every time something bad happened, it seemed bad, but it's good for Clint. Get people off his ass. Ooh, kids got killed. Good, 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 good. Ooh, tornadoes. Good, 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 good. Just off my ass. And Clinton damn near got impeached for what? For what? He lied about a blowjob so his wife wouldn't find out. Is that a crime? Is that against the law? Do you need the Supreme Court for that? You could have took that one to the People's Court. <laughs> lied about sex. Shit, everybody lies about sex. People lie while they having sex. Ooh, this good. This the best. Women love to lie after sex. I like to tell you, you know, I could barely walk. <laughs> then they give you this little fake fucked up walk while they're in front of you. And as soon as they get out of your sight, they jog to some real dick. Hey! Do you remember the first time you made a joke or made somebody laugh or wanted to make a joke? Oh, I think I was, I was told I did something, but it was more out of anger. And uh-huh. It became funny. And, um, I guess, you know, uh, there, are, there are a couple of relatives who aren't particularly nice people. Okay. <laughs> in my end. And, um, 
I think I started talking back to them, but I was also maybe two or three years old, so I wasn't very articulate. Mm-hmm. But I, t- I talked back to them, and I was told, this is what my mom told me, and everybody, this was actually at a family function, mm-hmm. that I sat down in a chair, and it's something like how like a parent reprimands someone, but like, mm-hmm. what you did was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and then you sit down and be like, all right, this is why you did this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And I think um, what my mom told me was that my uncle, I, you know, like, I had an uncle who was probably not... Maybe he wasn't joking. He was just somebody who just, you know, life life was hard or whatever mm-hmm. on, on this particular guy. And he liked to take it out on people. But not necessarily. It wasn't like a violent thing or whatever. Sure. But it just, I guess he was maybe rude to me. Like, hey, uh-huh. kid, whatever. Get out of my way, dumb kid, whatever. Uh-huh. And I sat down in a chair across from him and purportedly reprimanded him as an adult would. <laughs> and everybody, like, everybody started laughing. And I guess... And my mom put it in a way, it's like, you at that moment thought you were an adult. Mm-hmm. Even though he deserved it, because he, he, he said something that was more rude. It wasn't, uh, uh-huh. it wasn't, he was insulting me. It wasn't like an abuse thing, whatever. I don't sure. know. <laughs> like, man, he was, holy shit, he was damaged. <laughs> no, it was, it was, he was rude, and I, and I didn't take it from him. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and pretended to be like, well, this is what you did was wrong, yeah. and, and, and I, you can't talk to me that way, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was such a matter that he was taken aback. And everybody at the family function was laughing. They're like, but they weren't laughing at me. They were just laughing at the situation. Right. right. And they're like, this this three year old thinks he's you know he he just recommended a forty year old man you know in a way that in a way that he was you know you know like no what you did you know you need to know. Because that's what my mom used to do. Okay. That's what my mom, you know, she probably still does. She still does that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be 33 this year. If I see her, she'll still do that. <laughs> By the way, she's been very, very... Um, I've been showing her little clips from um, from the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a very, very, very sweet woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does... Uh, she is a... The only way I can describe her is that she is uh, Snow White. You know, like, in terms of, in terms mm-hmm. of like... Like, like she's a gracious host, uh-huh. she, a very beautiful lady. You know, like she, uh, she. My dad was like a Don Draper, so that was kind of like they were, mm-hmm. you know, like um, not necessarily like old fashioned as in like old country fashion, but right. like a very tra- like traditional in the sense that she is a lady. Sure, she's a, she, she's very much a lady, and I showed her a couple of things from Nerd Turns and. Um, and and I'm going to put a, a little disclaimer on this. Uh, I mean, keeping the show, but. Uh, Jenny Fine's a phenomenal actress. She's mm-hmm. very funny. Not trained actress at all. Like really? she, she's a performer. She's a dancer um, okay. and illustrator. Fantastic performer. And we, it, it's fun giving her things to do in the show. Mm-hmm. And and in one of, in many of those instances, it's just making her angry and having her curse up a storm. Oh, which is great, uh-huh. and, I've sh- and I showed a couple, you know, like I, I passed some some like rough cuts along to my mom. I was like, "Hey, look what I'm doing, doing and stuff," and um, and so I got, I got this like, you know, she does like, "Oh, it's it's okay, it's nice, very nice." Um, but there's 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 something that's you know I you know I don't know like, do you mind if I tell you about something that I don't like? And I'm like, no, go ahead. I mean, I, it's probably not for you, but it's cool. You give me a heads up. You know, what what is it that you don't like? She goes. Well, uh, <laughs> you have a very pretty actress in this show, and all you make her do is curse. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, oh, you mean Jenny? Oh, she's very good. She's very good. Because no, I can tell she's very good. It's just that you put a lot of filth in her mouth, uh, and why can't you? You, you know, 
why can't you see that you, you know, you have a very good, very pretty actress. People are going to like her very much. Why can't you give her something to do other than cursing? And I'm like, well, she's, you probably don't want to see other episodes because there's going to be, there are a couple of times when we even tie her up and she's just angry. Like, um, and not in a sexual manner. It's just that we, it's just fun to do it because she's, you know, she's a tiny girl, mm-hmm. very pretty, but very, very talented. And, and we like using her like volatility a lot mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and, and it kind of makes her sort of like the de facto leader of the nurturers when I'm not around mm-hmm. in, in the episodes. Because um, it's just, it, it just works out that way. I mean, yeah. it, she, she's that talented, but it's also fun because there's a lot of people you just can't, she's willing to take risks and stuff. And it's more fun to be like, hey, can you grab this dude by his collar and just fucking just go into space mm-hmm. and go crazy? Um, so that was definitely something, that was a note that I got from my mom, a uh, very sweet lady. Um, and I was like, well, what if I curse? She's like, well, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. You know, whatever. It's just, you had this very, you know, like, she was very animated at the fact is that we had this, like, you know, like, we had a, a, very, a very active, we should have treated her properly. Like, she, mm-hmm. you know, she does look like, um, she could be like a Hitchcock, you know, like, you yeah. know, short little blonde, pretty girl. She could be a Hitchcock, um... Um, lead, yeah. yeah, heroin or whatever, mm-hmm. and in my mom's head for a reason, we, we we completely ruined it for her. We ruined her career. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And I was like, well, she wrote some of the stuff too, right? Most of her monologues she wrote. She put in all that stuff. So, so that's kind of how, how it's been going in, in the household. That's that's comedy in my house, basically. So <laughs> Do you, uh, what? Do you know why comedy? Why? Why? I, I'm always curious why people want to do comedy as a thing. You know, you get to a lot of people grow up knowing that they need to. You know, they have to have a, a backup plan and all that shit. But people like me, yeah, just dove into it because they knew comedy was something they always had to do. Yeah. Do you remember when that happened? Do you know why it was so important to you? I mean, I think when I realized that I could produce comedy mm-hmm. is when I was like, oh, okay, then none. Because I did all the drama, the club stuff, but it was mostly musicals anyway. Yeah. We ended up doing, uh, I don't think we did a musical drama. I think in high school we did like Little Shop of Horrors. And okay. Guys and Dolls, Bye Bye Brady. So, um, how to succeed in business. So they're all musical comedies and it was just fun to do. And you, you know, you just want to make people laugh and stuff. Sure. Um, but I don't think I saw it as a career per se. Cause I eventually studied film and I want to just do silliness, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a lot of the film stuff. Like my thing that I, my thesis was basically uh, a film. My thesis film <laughs> was, um, was basically a sketch in which this one movie character from silent movies starts popping up and like like he wants to get the girl like it was a typical thing he wanted to get the girl it's a silent movie you know there's a girl on the beach she's going to drown he goes and saves her and he wants to be her hero um but then there's a villain there the handsome you know the handsome but twirling mustache villain mm-hmm. and then he basically the villain takes the girl and then they pop into different genres of film awesome so it's like he's just breaking the fourth wall each time in which mm-hmm. like he goes into an alien movie and he goes into a black and white movie and, uh, you know Casablanca and stuff like that yeah and it was just fun to do, and then, um, and, uh, and like, well, everybody else in film class was like, like, this is also, like, after 9-11, so a lot of people were just, like, doing, like, well, man, like, I'm going to remember, like, what happened. I mean, I mean, it is, it's New York, by the way, also, so, sure. and, and rightfully so, they wanted sure. to do a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of things just, um, you know, because of the time, so it wasn't, right. you know, people weren't being very funny. Right. And I just want to do this silly thing, and I just did this silly thing, I was like, I don't know if I, how serious I can be since everybody else is talking about 
9-11 and also yeah. my background and stuff. I probably don't want to touch it. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do something stupid. Because I had this idea. And I was like, yeah. I just want to have fun, especially since it's just a thesis. Yeah. It's like, well, I really like a lot of these movies. I really like silent movies and I really like, you know, the 30s slapstick comedies and yeah. stuff. By the way, there will be uh, an episode similar to that in, um, in Nerd Turns, which awesome. I'm very glad uh, that it's in in season one. Um, but it was all... You know, it's just, you know, I, I put that together and then I immediately worked for the UCB, you know, first taking classes there, but then um, I became one of their tech guys and then I started running their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly realized that, you know, with the advent of the internet and, 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 and just with my film background and stuff, that you could just do stuff, you could yeah. just produce it. And that's when. Because I was like, I, I want to be a writer. I still want to be a writer, uh, you know, which is what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but it's realizing that you can do is when it started taking shape mm-hmm. to me. And I think it became realistic around college. Yeah. You know, like everything else. Like, I just want to be in entertainment. I just want to do my thing, whatever. And it just became more realistic uh, when you're like, oh, I can put it together. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I make this happen myself. Okay. You know, I graduated, uh, you know, like um, my thesis uh, was very well received. And I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so I get to do that. And then, you know, worked for UCB for about six years. Um, put up shows there. Did some live stuff um, in and around New York. And then moved out to L.A., um, in 2010 to do it out here in LA and that's how I got hooked up with Nerdist so uh, but it was more about realizing that you can produce it not necessarily because a lot of people just want to be funny sure sure and you know know, some people are talented and funny and just don't I don't know just they can't wrap their brains around making that happen yeah yeah not necessarily be successful but just making it happen right right yeah like I said earlier it does take a certain skill to be able to put a bunch of different people who are funny in different ways in one kind of package that's why I'm really excited for this to come out this is going to be funny as hell I hope so I hope so there's some good there's some good stuff in it I think everything I saw was funny yeah I think I I was there for the downtime and it was still funny you know so you were in in two episodes yes yes you're in you're in one and two Nice. Okay, good. Right? Yeah, yeah you're in one so. and two. Yeah, yeah, Two, well, I two, I had a child in one of them, and that was odd. I have a little boy. little boy who... You might have had it in one, just as an extra. We just yep, gave you a little yep, boy. Yep. I had a little boy. That's nice. Creepy and weird. I mean, it, it, colors, it colors the background. It certainly that's does. <laughs> you were in the second one. The second one I really like a lot, because that's D.C. Pearson's. Yes. D.C. Pearson's our guest star in the second one. That was funny as shit. And that, he plays... That was the episode. Well, the first episode has uh, a lot of Jenny cursing in it, but that's the episode that my mom was really she just, Oof. <laughs> yeah. And that was the one because uh, DC Pearson is going to play her um, ex-boyfriend who writes a comic book based on Jenny's life, and uh, it's a very funny episode. And she really goes to town on that one because it's you know her ex-boyfriend yeah. humiliates her in public, mm-hmm. um, so she really gives it to him. Uh, and um, there is an actress in there who makes a cameo appearance and turned out she was in a Justin Bieber video. Really? So, um, we... I don't know if that gets any track. I don't know. It's like, you hear about traction and stuff. It's like, oh, this person was on the internet. Right. We should bring him. You're like, oh, I don't care. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know this person. That's fine. Let's bring him. I don't know how many views he gets. That's hilarious. You know, like, I, DC Pearson is one of my dearest friends. So it's like, I just want him in the episode and everybody's like, Derek? Comedy? And I'm like, yeah, they're funny. I like them a lot. Uh, but I have no clue what their, what their numbers are. Right. I know Donald's very popular and Dominic is a very, very, very funny stand-up and, sure. and, and host of himself. And DC's a brilliant writer. 
provider, but I have no concept of their numbers, you know, yeah. so I don't know who watches it, but at some point it was going, oh, he's, you know, he's, oh. I was like, well, then let's, well, yeah, we'll promote it. He's just doing me a favor. Mm-hmm. I, hey, you want to be my wife? I said, sure. Done. You know, it wasn't, we didn't got their age or anything, but I guess um, people, you know, when they click DC Pearson, he's going to be, you know, they're, and they Google him, they're going to, yeah. oh, well, they get to see the, the episode that, uh, that you're in and right. that I directed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and which is great. And, and I, I think the thing, the same thing for, I think, um, I think, you know, sticking to that whole internet thing, it's like, we do have, I guess, a couple of people that are, you know, obviously Chris is, you sure. know, Chris is Chris. I mean, it's his channel. Yeah. People are going to be Googling him. So he's, uh, you know, if they don't know who Chris Hardwick is, then chances are you don't know what's going on in nerd world. Right. You know, but you, I mean, I think people have an idea that he's a comedian. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a brilliant one at that, too. And, and not just, I'm not saying that because he's my boss. Right. Um, but um, very popular with, the, with us nerds, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have him. We have Chloe Dykstra as uh, guest starring. Awesome. Um, Who's somebody else that you can Google? And, and I didn't know. I mean, I just, she's just a sweet girl right. who does cosplay, uh, the cosplay show on the yeah. Nerdist channel. Um, very funny actress. And it turns out that, oh, no, you can Google her and, you know, she has fans, which is right. great. I did that the other day, too. Yeah, no, I, yeah. that's just how the brain works. You want to know just who the hell is around you because everybody's got a presence. Which is, like, I guess, great. I, I think it's a good thing. Which is a good thing for the show. So we sure. have some Google, Google-able people. google yeah, people. So, sure. you know, Chris, DC... Um, we uh, this here's a, here's what I, I, uh, uh, the thing that I was sort of like oh I think we might have um, something on our hands. Uh, Jenny and I did Chris's bowling show um, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, of course you know on the comment section there was a lot of uh, because it was us versus Team Felicia Day. Yes, so there was a lot right, of comments right, right. of like how Chris and Felicia should be together and stuff, and <laughs> you know, a lot of nerds just commenting like they should have a nerd baby and stuff. So there was a lot of that, um, and then, of course there was a lot of people coming up with their own you know ver- you know whatever team that they want Chris to, to Team Nerdist to go up against. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know. After, Basically, the third thing they were talking about was Jenny, and it was a lot of fifteen-year-old. You know, obviously, you can tell these are teenagers, mm-hmm. and because she was in some um, dance video about a year ago, okay, that was very popular. Um, and now something like, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, you know, and then it was pointed out that like she was like the dance video had like three million hits. You're like, oh, well then, okay, I guess we could use that to promote the show. Great. So then, uh, and just noticing the comments on the comments on it, uh, I got a couple like, oh, is that the guy from Mutant Season with Gil? Gil's great. And I was like, that's cool, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, there were a lot of just like obviously 15 year olds are like, oh, she's so pretty. And, uh, what does she do? And you're like, well, hopefully you can see her on our show <laughs> that we created. Up a storm. So yeah, so uh, swearing up a storm. So how about that how about uh we do this thing so um yeah i guess our show might i mean our show has people you can google and hopefully their fans become the last thing and the thing and and they enjoy it and it's i hope it's very funny i think it's, i think it's very funny it's, it's gonna be very funny i think it's i think it's hilarious and, and 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 i think it's hilarious on levels that um not necessarily like I don't know. I, th- I think it, it hits certain sensibilities. And I like that the internet's becoming a thing where I'm actually finally wanting to look at the content that's on there. I mean, having yeah. made content myself, you know, on the internet for 12 years doesn't, you know, if it gets traction, it gets traction. Yeah. But, like, to have a place to go to is nice. I watch all the bowling episodes yeah. on the channel, you know, and there's there's always something for everybody. So this will be a good addition. Um, ho- hopefully we fit the Nerdist brand. I think okay. we fit the Nerdist brand. Well, it has I mean, Nerd in the title. Well, it's that all helps. about working at the Nerdist Theater. Yeah, that's pretty which good, is, right? It's good synergy, right? It's all comedy it's, 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 an, it's a Nerdist Channel show about the Nerdist, about the Nerdist Theater. Yep. And uh, that's also co-produced by Meltdown Comics, so i got to give them a shout-out as well. So they, they helped out a lot. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I mean, so yeah, right? Chris is in it. Yeah. So it's Nerdist all around, right? People would, the Nerdist fans would like it, right? I'm, I'm right? Just, see, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, Mo. Yes, we all oh, like it. Come on, fans, love it. <laughs> AIDS is scary, baby. Scary, scary, scary. AIDS test is scary. You don't scare about an AIDS test. You don't get the results back for five days. Five days. You know what happened in them five days? You start reflecting. That's right. You start thinking about every nasty, skank piece of ass you ever got in your life. And we all got a few. And you start like, oh, God, what the fuck was I thinking? 1989, what that bitch, oh my god, she ain't even have teeth, what the fuck, oh god, what the fuck, oh lord, oh god, it's like Scrooge and the ghost of Pussy Pass comes. <laughs> Remember me, I'm the stripper from Dallas. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we didn't talk about the album a whole lot, but I don't care. That's not the point. The point is to really talk about people and their comedy and stuff. Oh, we talked about this so, rocket. So, yeah. but if, if you're uh, to recommend anybody listen to, to that album, why would you say listen to this album? To uh, seek it out. The Seek Out Bigger and Blacker. Um, it's, honestly, you want to catch a, a comedian at, at, the, at, the, at his height. Yeah. And uh, Bigger and Blacker, it would be like, if you really, first of all, I think Chris Rock one of the best young comedians of all time. Yeah. Um, and he really did come at a point in, in my life and sort of developing my own sort of uh, sense of, 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 enter, of entertainment and, mm-hmm. and, and using entertainment as, as, a, as a tool to, to work things out, um, whether it be political or, 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 or personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, just, just to say, you, know, you got to listen to Chris Rock. I think now and you're like, you know, and I love Louis C.K. and I think he's brilliant as well, and he's also one of the best stand-up comedians uh, working. It's like when you have people who are like, "Oh, I really like Louis C.K.," and then you're like, "Well, listen to Chris Rock," you know? Uh, really, Louis C.K. and Chris Rock. You know, Louis C.K. used to open for Chris Rock. Louis C.K. used to write for Chris Rock. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, okay." And then from there, I'm like, "Well, then bigger and blacker and stuff." Um, and it's just, uh, I think it's just a good gateway. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's just, it's, it's a gateway. If I, if you want to seek out something that, that. Um, you know, it's, it, show, it gives you an example of, of what just a good, solid, what good, solid material is mm-hmm. uh, and performed very well. I think Bigger and Blacker it is. And also, it has it has the catchiest comedy song, <laughs> one of the catchiest comedy songs of all time. That is true. Which is No Sex in the Champagne Room. So, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. The guy gives it his all. Jared Lovell gives it his all. Which is, you know, like everybody talks about um, the Jack Sparrow song yeah. for Lonely Island, which yeah. I think is very funny. And it works because Michael Bolton sells the fuck out oh, of that yeah. song. So much commitment. You know, he commits to that song. It's why, it's why all the, the, the Justin Timberlake duets. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake sells the fuck out of Dick yeah. in the Box. He sells the fuck out of uh, Mother, Mother Lover. Yes. Uh, so Jared Lovard sells the fuck out of No Sex in the Champagne Room. Yeah. And um, it's just, it, you know, it's, just, it's a silly good time. That's all. It's like... There's, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like you know, if you want to listen to, I don't know. If you don't want to laugh, <laughs> if you don't want to laugh, turn on Fox News. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Actually, you, you bring up one thing that I'll bring. Uh, just relating it back, back to Blazing Saddles. Yeah. But that theme, suppose the way Mel Brooks. I don't know if I trust any of Mel Brooks' stories. He's yeah. my hero. But yeah. the way he tells the stories about the theme song to Blazing Saddles is they put the, put an ad in, in whatever Variety or something asking for a Frankie Lane type, and yeah. Frankie Lane comes in having no idea it's a comedy yeah. and just sings his heart out, and that's what fucking sells it. He sells it. I mean, that's that's what that's what works. It's like why Leslie Nielsen 
in his, you know, like in his old age, sure. yeah. why, you know, people are like, what? He was very funny. It's like, because he sold the fuck out of it. Yeah. That's what he was doing. He was just selling the fuck out of it. He wasn't underselling right. whatever. He was, like, he was still playing, he played the straight lace, like all the Naked Gun movies, he yeah. played the straight lace. He played it like Leslie Nielsen would have played it in, you know, a, a one-hour cop drama. Right. Just, that's why it's funny. He's yeah. so oblivious to the fact that the joke is happening around him, and that's kind of what makes it funny. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, he just sold it. I mean, that's the whole point. It's selling it. It's like, it's why, you know, like, who would have thought Michael Bolton would be that funny? No, no. I would never have called He that. sold the fuck out of it. Yeah. And, you know, Jack Sparrow, you know, it's a silly song. Again, it's a silly song. Sure. And, you know, the, and the others are acting tough and hard. Um, yeah, so a lot of the other guys, and, and, I'm, and I like them. I'm, I'm not, yeah. You know, it's, it, I, it's not shitting on them. At the same time, it's like, you know, it's not necessarily things that I seek out, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But having him sell the fuck out of that song... It, to me, it's like the you know, it's just the idea of someone really committing that hard to something so shitty. Yeah, you know yeah, this yeah, concept yeah. That, that that the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are the best thing ever. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a such a, such a shitty concept, but when you sell it, yeah. you know, that's that's where the comedy lies in. I mean, that's why. Um, you know, I, you know, like when people phone it in, that's why people get people get angry when when, when comedians towards the you know, you know, like J- Jerry Lewis towards the end of his his career, what well, would be his movie career when he was just right. phoning it in, people would just like, fuck you, you know, yeah. you know, who gives a shit? Um, you know, when people get mad at Sandler, yep. they're like, oh, that's my boy again. What are you doing? Right. So it's stuff like that. It's like when they when it feels like that they're phoning it in, it's when they commit to it, which is why like. I think my favorite Adam Sandler movie is The Water Boy. Yeah. Because he commits the fuck out of finding that, that Louisiana idiot. <laughs> you know, and, and because he does that, and you can tell he's a very good actor. He's been sure. great in, in, in some of the dramatic stuff that he's done. Like, he's really good in Spanglish. Yeah. But he committed, he committed to playing that retard. <laughs> he committed to that Forrest Gump, you know, hybrid, whatever that character he was playing in The Water Boy. And, and that's why it's... You know, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite Sandler movies. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, you know, really does come down to that. It's like I think, like people, people appreciate comedy when it's committed. You can tell when a comedian is not committing to a joke sure. on stage. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and you, you know when you, and when the moment you tell that people are just out of it, and uh, that goes with everything. That goes with all our, you know, if you want to call it art. Uh, I don't want to sound too pretentious. But, like, you know, it's like when you... Uh, hopefully that's the thing about nerd turns that, that, that I'd like to convey is that, you know, like, when the performances are, are great, it's because people... When the performances are great because people commit to it. Sure. You know, like, like our guest stars are great, our cast is great, because people commit to it. Like, they sell it. It's about selling this whatever material. It could be shit, and they sell it, and that's why... You know, people have won Oscars. But it's not shit, shit of course. No, it's not shit. Nerd Turns is not shit. No, no, no. Not but, shit. you know, like, you know, Elizabeth Taylor won an Oscar for a shit movie, Butterfield 8. Right. And she sold the fuck out of it. That's sure. why she won an Oscar. You know, it's like, it, 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 here are examples of, like, people who have just been too, like, Pacino sells the fuck out of everything, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, people make fun of him for being overdramatic, but he sells the fuck out of everything, which sure. is why his performances are memorable. Yeah. Like, he sells the fuck out of Scarface. Mm-hmm. And that movie's crap. Right. But he sells the fuck out of it, and you, you know. That's why people remember it. That's why people remember it, so yeah. What do you want to plug before we close this out? Okay. Um, oh, well, obviously, the Nerdist Theater at Meltdown Comics. Yes, uh, we have shows seven nights a week here. You gotta come. Um, uh, they're all fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Dan Harmon uh, does Harmon Town. Um, I think by the time this podcast airs, he's gonna be doing it almost once a week. Okay. Uh, now, um, so it's gonna be a regular show here, not necessarily monthly. Okay. Um, so, I'm saying at least one, like, like almost once a week because not every week he's gonna be doing mm-hmm. your show. Um, but, you know, you'll catch Harmon at least three times, uh, 
in a month here um, at yeah. the Nerdist Theater. Then, of course, uh, so you know, check out nerdmeltla.com for that. Um, I also, I mean, obviously, we got to plug Nerd Turns yeah. uh, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Nerd Turns, I mean, that's going to be late August, early September. Um, but also catch every every show you can on the Nerdist on the Nerdist channel on YouTube. So it's yes. YouTube.com slash Nerdist. Mm-hmm. Um, catch all the bowling shows. It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Four Points um, is a, a really good talk show. Uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Catch that. I mean, um, a magic show. I mean, Justin Willman. Justin Willman's been yeah. a more than f- a phenomenal supporter of, of, of the theater just by being here yeah. and performing. And now he's on the Nerdist channel. So... And I, I can't recommend that show um, enough because the Magic Mountain is just—it's a fun, it's a fun show. I think, mm-hmm. maybe, with the exception of one episode, uh-huh. I think you can show your kids. Like that's the one thing I noticed is that, like, oh, you can show your kids, yeah. except for one episode. I think when he goes to a dominatrix, uh-huh. <laughs> which is very funny. Don't show them the kids, <laughs> but there is, um, you know, but you can. Just, that's that's like, that's that's a good fun for the whole family. Just I guess screen up or whatever episode. But that's uh, and and Wilman, Justin Wilman's like he can. Um, uh, I, you know, he's, he's fast become one of our friends. So yeah. It's great. Um, I th- of course, you know, catch uh, Kyle does stand up, so catch him. Yes. Uh, wherever you can, Kyle Clark. Um, I guess you can follow him on Twitter at uh, uh, Kyle Clarker's Rad. Um, who else does stuff? Uh, of course, Jenny. Uh, I mean, Jenny's phenomenal. So uh, catch her on Twitter at Jay Fine Original. And there's artwork, and, and, mm-hmm. and um, of course, you know, there's a lot of artwork that I think. Her own personal artwork that she's done, mm-hmm. um, some artwork she's done pertaining to the theater itself. Right. Um, there is a website that you can go through from her uh, Twitter. I just, it's just not in my head right now. Um, I'll find it and I'll put it up for sure. Yeah, like, I think it's Jay Fine. Is Jay Fine original WordPress? Are you on Twitter too? I'm on Twitter at Mel Faddlebeb. Uh, and you also follow Nerd Melt and Nerd Turn Show. Uh, I mean, there's all, everybody's on Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody and their mother is on Twitter. I just want to make sure everybody gets their little plugs in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, catch her artwork, catch Jenny's artwork and stuff. And there's uh, she does little. I don't think it's too many sneaks of what she's done for our show. Uh-huh. Um, but do catch that. Um, I mean, so there you got uh, there's that, and then yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Mo Um There's a lot of. I mean, right now I'm just all up in Nerdist, so that's yeah. uh, there's a lot of Nerdist stuff. But uh, yeah, please do catch my show, the show that uh, that I helped, that I co-created. Please watch that when it airs, um, and please come to the theater that we've been. Um, really, honestly, we're gonna get air conditioning now. So Yay. yeah, it's summertime. Finally, we have air conditioning. So um, <laughs> I know Doug Benson's gonna be very happy about that, uh, which is great. He's been really talking about the theater a lot on his podcast, which is uh, we're always grateful. That's and awesome. he did mention about uh, he did mention to his fans that uh, we will be having uh, air conditioning. So um, that would help us out a lot. Uh, I mean, we ha- we do have a lot of good numbers when it comes to shows. It's just that. We also want our fans to be comfortable. For sure. We want our pages sure. to be very comfortable. So that's going to be great. And um, August 31st, here at the Nerdist Theater at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, we will have a, um, a Nerd Turns party. So we'll screen a couple episodes. Um, and, um, you know, it's a free event. And there should be, like, food and drinks and stuff. Like I, don't, I mean, the only reason I'm not I'm being vague about it is because we haven't planned it out. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you there will be food for everybody who comes. Uh, probably Everyone chips. Everyone will all have, no, it's Maybe Oreos? Catered free bar for everybody. I don't know, free, maybe. That's what you're saying with your eyes. Sodas? I'm just judging with, from what you're saying with There's your gonna eyes. There's going to be one giant two-liter soda. There's going to be two-liter soda <laughs> and multiple cups, like small cups. <laughs> 
like little Dayquil shot glasses. Little Dayquil shot glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. They'll have one pizza that, that that's not sliced, and then this way you can slice your own. Oh, okay. It's I like that. Just one lunch pizza, one that's extra nice. large pizza from Krispy Kreme or something. That's classy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. No, thank this you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I really like the show a lot. I listen to it. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, you we told, you told me you'd be on the show, so I listened to it. I wanted to make sure I wasn't As long as you didn't listen to the first three episodes. Oh, boy. Did you? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Oh, no. That was a weird experiment. No. Try it. It's a podcast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a just, podcast. The first three just didn't work. That's all I'm saying. Right. I just regret them. Anybody out there, don't don't go back and listen to those. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you for listening and have a good thing. Ladies and gentlemen of the GED class of 1999, I have one piece of advice for you. No matter what a stripper tells you, there's no sex in the champagne room. None. Oh, there's champagne in the champagne room. But you don't want champagne. You want sex. And there's no sex in the champagne room. Comedy on Vinyl is recorded at Fort Awesome Studios in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Our producer is Mike Warden. Our host is Jason Klom, and he's also the editor. Comedy on Vinyl is a stolen dress entertainment production. You can check out all of our other podcasts, books, videos, other audio stuff, probably some writing, at StolenDress.com. And uh, please check out Comedy on Vinyl at Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter.com slash Comedy on Vinyl. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us highly, and spread the word. Thank you so much for listening to Comedy on Vinyl this week, and have a very good thing. Could have possibly committed all those crimes. Julio did some of that shit. Young black men, if you go to a movie theater and someone steps on your foot, let it slide. Why spend the next 20 years in jail because someone smudged your puma? Cornbread. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No matter what you think of what I'm saying, remember this one thing. There is no sex in the champagne room. If a homeless person has a funny sign, he hasn't been homeless that long. A real homeless person is too hungry to be funny. If a girl has a pierced tongue, she'll probably suck your dick. If a guy has a pierced tongue, he'll probably suck your dick. Here's a horoscope for everyone. Aquarius, you're gonna die. Capricorn, you're gonna die. Gemini, you're gonna die twice. Leo, you're gonna die. Scorpio, you're gonna die fucking. No one goes to Hooters for wings. If you've been dating a man for four months and you haven't met any of his friends, 
You are not his girlfriend. Some of the things I've said may not apply to you. Some of the things I've said may offend you. But no matter who you are, you must remember this one thing. No matter what a stripper says, there's no sex in the champagne room. None. No sex in the champagne No sex in the champagne Absolutely positive, no sixes, just make room, say no.